You are listening to Electric Bike Radio. Welcome to this episode of Electric Bike Radio. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Jared. And that's Jared. (laughs) We are outside, as you can probably tell, on a little bit of an adventure today. We decided to see what it was like to rent an electric bike. Uh, Sometimes they call them dockless electric bikes because you can sort of find them and leave them anywhere, uh, which is what we've done. We've ridden a few and parked them somewhere in our recording. So we're in downtown Tampa. Actually, right now we're across from downtown Tampa in Julian B. Lane Park. Um, we basically went from, our, if you're local to here, where Armature Works is, we hopped on a spin bike and a lime bike over here. And then we headed down to, where did we go? What's the name of it? Sparkman's Park. Wharf, which used to be Channelside. I still can't remember the brand name. Headed out of Sparkman's Wharf, had lunch, swapped bikes, and headed back up. And here we are. Yeah, so we wanted to see for, you know, having electric bikes, we don't usually rent electric bikes, but there are times when that's nice. We just wanted to see what the experience was like. So we kind of just showed up uh, <laughs> at a place where the where the bikes are kept and uh, downloaded the apps and, and and headed out for a couple mile, couple mile ride. Right. And so Dwayne actually downloaded, I think, at least one of the apps beforehand, or he had a, uh, he had the Lime app uh, from using it previously, I think. I had never used any of the apps, and I intentionally didn't download them until I showed up because I wanted to see what the experience would be if I just showed up and said, hey, you know, I feel like riding a bike today. Let me check this out. So, um, and also for reference, I have an Android phone. Dwayne has an iPhone, and we checked up both of those. I would say the app experience was pretty similar. Yeah, very easy. I mean, don't be intimidated by that. If you decide you want to ride and you haven't downloaded the app, it was two or three minutes, really. Yeah, uh, mine, at least for both of them, let you sign in with your Google account, which I use mine all the time. So that was very easy. No setting up passwords or anything, just clicking on a button. Um, also, I use Google Pay, and it lets me, it lets you pay with Google Pay. So that was very convenient. It just was already hooked up to all my payment sources, and there was no complicated typing of anything. Yeah, and I paid with Apple Pay. So uh, autofill on a lot of the fields, there was very little typing. It was It was easy. Um, the spin app did ask for a photocopy of your driver, a picture of your driver's license. Yeah, that was weird. The, the backside of your driver's license to confirm your age. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not enough. I'm a little wary of taking pictures of my back, of my driver's license, but, but we did it for you guys. That's we did right. it for the listeners. Um, oh, and just so you know, uh, spin in line. If you haven't seen them before, but if you've seen the scooters around your locality, same thing, same companies. The spin bikes are orange, just like the spin scooters. The lime bikes have the same white and green uh, motif as the lime scooters, and they work just like the scooters do. Yeah, and I think lime, in my travels, I've seen lime more than anything, I think. It may be the most popular brand. And lime downtown in Tampa, I was bored or five to one, maybe, to, to spin bikes. Yeah. Um. So, plenty of them around. Um. Not as many spin bikes, but... But a few, a few. Yeah. So the process is kind of the same. If you've never done this, you you walk up to the bike. Once you've got the app downloaded, you walk up to the bike. Um, Both of these bikes have indicators as to what the battery life is. So before you ever scan into and select the bike, you can see that it's got a charge. Um, 
Jared and I also just sort of check tire pressures just to make sure, you know, (laughs) everything's working (laughs) before we commit. But then there's a uh, barcode of QR code uh, on the handlebars and you scan it into the app and it will give you some instructions, uh, instructions as how to unlock the bike and your ride starts and basically you're good to go. Yeah. And the, and the locking procedures, they have, both of them have like a, a pan on a cable lock you pull out of an area near the back wheel. The, the lime one has a, a pin that goes straight through the back spokes, which her, sorry, not the lime, the spin, uh, the spin bike has a pin that you pull straight out of the back spokes. So it acts as a, a heavy duty lock for the bike too. Um, and you just hook it up to the top. And yeah, you know, one thing about the spin too, it has, um, uh, alloy wheels, what mag, mag wheels, like, yeah. much like Dwayne's uh, Pedigo that he mentioned a few times. Um, but you pop it in the back, the line bike, very similar. Um, it just has a little slot that you pull the pin out of and then shove it in somewhere else, and the bikes think you're ready to go, and it sends you on its way. Yeah. Now, as far as riding them, uh, yeah, what's your first first uh, impressions? You know, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> um, I rode the line bike first. Yeah. Um, it was very stable very sturdy i thought and um these bikes have a, some sort of either a torque sensor or maybe a combination torque cadence sensor i'm not sure exactly the technology but it was very natural to ride they want these bikes to feel good for people that don't have a lot of experience riding electric bikes and i thought it gives that experience i, I think, thought it was yeah. easy to ride i think they do a really good job of that there's really not much on the bikes for you to have to learn or figure out or feel intimidated by if you've ever ridden an electric bike before this will not be anything super new to you it's just going to feel like you get a little bit of a kick in the pants but you know there's no throttle um no gears to shift there's no gears to shift although we do think that the the spin bike has an internal automatic two-speed but again nothing you have to touch it's just riding a bike you'll just feel it change gears as you get up to a certain speed but basically pedal brakes and a bell that's it or two bells in the case of the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, both sides have a, have a, have a bell, but, um, yeah, as Dwayne said, pleasantly surprised. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I don't think either one of us had, um, high expectations no. of, of riding any of these bikes. You know, we, we both, we have our own bikes and we know how much they cost and we know how much other bikes cost above that and, um, that they require maintenance. And I thought these might be just beaten up, low powered. Um, maybe they'll get you to where you're not going to go, but they wouldn't be fun to ride. And I had a blast, honestly. Um, they're so easy to hop on and ride and, and give you a regular old simple electric bike experience. Yeah. I was surprised at just how much pep, uh, particularly the line bike had, um, from the, from the start, you know, makes it, even though they're heavy bikes, you get some assist right from the get go. So it's easy to take off. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a heavy bike. Uh, until you don't have any boost. We'll talk about that yeah. in a minute. <laughs> but, but in normal riding, it feels very uh, natural, I think, and quite peppy. I mean, yeah. we were doing, uh, you know, north of 15 miles an hour when it was appropriate. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. The line bike feels a little peppier off the line. I think they probably both have the same amount of power. Yeah. I think it's all in programming, but the line bike picks up off the line a little faster. The spin bike will give you assist up to a full 20 miles an hour. Um, and just feels like the faster bike, whereas the line bike, the line bike doesn't have a speedometer, whereas the spin bike does. Mm-hmm. I would guess the line bike was probably doing about 15 or 16, uh, 16 as I, uh, went by it while I was on the spin bike, uh, <laughs> at a full, full tilt. Um, 
But but on a 15 or 16 miles an hour on an e-bike is plenty fast. That's actually probably my standard cruising speed on my, my home bike. So perfectly fine, both of them. I should also say um, I was worried about the adjustability of the bike um, because I'm pretty tall. I'm at 6'2". Um, both of them had were easy to adjust the seat and had plenty of height for that. So sometimes I find like on inexpensive bikes, it's hard to get uh, the seat high enough. And that was not an issue either. So yeah. And, yep. and and I'd say I'm five eight ish or whatever. Uh, no problem for me either. But I don't think there'd be any problem with my wife who's five three. They I have there's plenty of room to go down, and the handlebars are curved both in a way. One's a little more curved than the other. The lens a little more curved, but both of them are in a way that they're going to be easy to reach for pretty much anybody of anybody any height. I would say five feet and up, you're probably fine. I don't know below that, but I wouldn't be surprised if you could be comfortable even shorter than that. So when you finish the ride or, or you're ready to stop, because you are getting, we'll talk about billing in a minute, you are getting billed by the minute. So when you're ready to end your ride and, and, and stop the billing, like we stopped for lunch, you just, you know, end the ride. Um, there are restricted areas where you can't park, but as long as you're in a authorized area and the app will tell you if you're not, uh-huh. you just sort of stop the bike, uh, put the kickstand down. Hit a button to end the ride, and it will direct you to uh, relock the bike, and uh, you're done. Yeah, and by relock the bike, you don't have to lock it to anything. It's just that that pin we talked about earlier on both of them. They're a little different, but both of them, they just ask you to pull that pin out and shove it in a different hole, and it latch, latches, and it is done. And you just leave it where it is. Um, yeah, that's ideally, the dockless concept because right. you don't have to look for a lime bike rack right. or a spin bike rack. You can leave it. I mean— you're, they ask you to use some common sense and some courtesy as to where you park the bike. A bike rack or you know appropriate bike area would be would be best, but you can leave it anywhere that's not yeah. a prohibited area. And ideally, as, as a regular bike rider myself, try to leave it not in the middle of the sidewalk. <laughs> um, I know our listeners wouldn't do that, but but so many people do that with all the scooters and everything, and they get in the way of everybody else. So if you leave it off to the side in a parked area, um, that's plenty fine. Just try to make it so it's convenient for everybody else. Now, we should mention there are a couple of mm, idiosyncrasies, sure. at least in our area, about riding these rental bikes. Um, you know, sometimes there can be resistance when these companies come in with scooters and with bikes in metropolitan areas. And so usually there's some negotiations involved between mm-hmm. the companies and the local government, and they set up no ride areas and low speed areas. And since the bikes are are you know gps enabled they know where they're supposed to be and where they're not supposed to be and it's not always super obvious but like in tampa the river walk is it's not a no-go area but it's an enforced slow speed area and so the bikes actually will only assist you uh, at slow speeds in those areas right and the, the spin bike so one thing that's a little different about the two bikes is the spin bike has a really good mount to mount your phone to up on the front. And the Spin app, actually the Lime, ha- Lime has the same app or a very similar app, but the, sp- the Spin just seems to do it better, is that it shows the slow go areas and no right areas in a purple color um, on the app. So if you're looking at the app, you're good. Um, but still, I, r- I ride the river walk every day and, and you're, you're kind of, it's difficult to avoid it, I would say. Yeah. Um, if you're using it for a nice cruise down in Tampa. So I think that's honestly where uh, these potentially fall a little bit short, um, is that 
you're not going to get a full, convenient, easy e-bike experience down the Riverwalk because the city of Tampa has negotiated with Spen and said, sure, you can have these and leave them everywhere, but we're not going to let you go crazy. And then we actually found ourselves cutting across the University of Tampa, <laughs> which is a no-ride zone. And uh, found you have actually no power. <laughs> well, well that's, 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 that's funny. Right. So, so the line bike is in the Riverwalk area was much more on us. I think the spin bike stayed on for much longer and had fewer restrictions than the line bike. But then when we got to the University of Tampa, the spin bike basically just shut completely off on Wayne. Uh, we had swapped at that point, whereas the line bike had no restrictions at that point, except don't park it. They had a, a no park symbol. So I couldn't have stopped on the University of Tampa campus and left it somewhere. Um, so I guess but I could ride it. Yeah. I guess if you ride in an area that has restrictions like that, you might want to try different brands of bikes <laughs> and see how they're programmed uh, because it does make a difference. But is this something to be aware of? If, if you're coming out here solely to ride the Riverwalk, um, in Tampa, the line bike wouldn't be the best choice. Right. But, you know, it's, it's hard to know that until you try it. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the riding experience as far as just having a bike on this, aside from, you know, do they feel like an e-bike? They, they both feel like good e-bikes. They're both solid bikes convenient to ride. Were I to talk about the two of them, I felt like the line bike felt like the peppier, more nimble bike. The spin bike felt like the more solid, faster cruising kind of bike. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. It's funny. There were things I liked about and disliked about both. With the line bike, um, I did like the, you know, the, the peppiness from the start. I thought the seat was a little more comfortable. Um, I, I liked the handlebars yeah. arrangement a lot. And I loved the basket <laughs> on the line bike. The, right. the line has a solid plastic basket. So you can put anything, you could put change in it and it wouldn't fall out. Right. Um, where the, the spin bike also has a basket, but with, you know, it's just a metal. Hey, is your welded aluminum type basket? Yeah, basket. So huge holes. Can't put your phone in it. You know, can't put anything small. Definitely a purse would be fine. A bag would be fine. Anything like that would be right, fine. Right, your hel helmet, that sort right. of thing. Right. Um, yeah, as far as the riding goes, I, I think I prefer the line bike. There were, there were um, things I liked about the spin bike, too. It did. It is faster overall. Um, you could cruise a little higher speeds. Um, the fact that it had a speedometer was very nice. It has a much better cell phone holder. Um, and I kind of like the kickstand. It's got a real, uh, floor stand as opposed to just a kickstand that makes it a little more stable. Yeah. Let's for the spin has the, the double kickstand, a lot like, uh, my rad wagon does. Whereas uh, the lime is just a single. But all in all, both very serviceable. I wouldn't hesitate to ride either one. And I actually kind of like the spin bike better. Um, I liked how solid it was. It wasn't as nimble, but I liked it has, it had a two speed gear train in it, um, automatic shifting. And I like that. I like that having to pedal furiously at 16 miles an hour to, to keep up that speed. Um, so line again felt happy and I wouldn't be, you know, price aside, what we'll talk about next. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be hesitant at all to ride whichever one had the more battery life when I picked it up and happened to run across the first. Yeah. So, all right. Do you have uh, Do you have your receipt from the the first lime ride? I do because we we both. I was on the spin, and Dwayne was on the lime for our first ride, which I don't remember how many miles it was. But that one we can compare apples to apples and exactly how far we went and how much it cost. Okay, so our first ride. Now, granted, Jared, we were messing around. We weren't trying to get anywhere. We were just, you know, we we spent some time stopped. 
and that sort of thing. So the first ride um, was uh, about 35 minutes. And it's funny that the, the, um, the app doesn't actually tell me the mileage. I'm thinking it was about three and a half miles. Okay. Do you have a mileage? No, and I didn't, I didn't check my phone. It's interesting the receipt doesn't tell you the mileage, but it was pricier than I thought. It was uh, 350 was the base fee for the first seven minutes, and then it's uh, less than a dollar a minute after that. So my permit was 1375, so it's $17 plus tax. It was $18.84 for a little less than 40 minutes of you know riding around downtown. All right, so mine's interesting. So on the spin bike, same amount of time. Remember we've. Within a minute or two, because I think I took longer to get mine set up than Dwayne did, just because I was doing the app right up back. So mine shows that I started renting mine at 1120, and I checked it back in at 1152, so 32 minutes. Base cost of renting was a dollar, and then it says cost of ride 12 minutes. So it appears the spin is only charging for the minutes we're actually moving, which also I wonder what we were doing for another 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but whatever, that's how long it counted. So four sixty eight, sales tax of five cents, and then I actually got well. We both did. We got five dollars off of our first um, ride with spin, so that brought my grand total for the same ride Dwayne just spent. How much did you say? Eighteen dollars. I paid seventy three cents. <laughs> now, now, okay. So exclude the five dollars. Five dollars. Right. Now exclude the five dollars off you got for your first ride. I would have spent about six bucks yeah. for the same ride, and on the way back we both saw something. Similar. We swapped bikes on the way back, and, and we, we frankly messed this up and they coordinated as well on the way back. But again, similarly, the spin was much cheaper. Yeah, uh, our stuff. We had lunch and rode back, and it was, uh, spin app says it was 12 minutes. My watch said 0.2 miles, and my charge was $6.11. Oh, it does show mileage. I, we did 2.1 miles, according to Lime. And history, bike ride. 2.1 miles, 25 minutes, $15.30. What did you say again? $6.11. $6.11. Um, and that's without the $5 because Correct. actually Dwayne had one, uh, one hiccup. We hit, the, we hit the wrong button when we got Dwayne on the spin bike the first time on the way back and canceled the ride right away. So he got $5 off of all. <laughs> one dollar ride. ride. <laughs> yeah, um, be careful. <laughs> so, so Lime is significantly more expensive. Yeah. And I don't know if there's something we're missing, Jared. We, we might have to look in. There may be monthly yeah. memberships, and there may be ways to make it more affordable. Mm-hmm. But definitely the Lime struck me as more expensive than I thought it would be. Um, and frankly, the Spin struck me as cheaper than I thought it would be. Agreed. Same. And we just wanted to share with you our experience with this because, frankly, I think this is what most of you would do if you were going to try this out. Um, so we haven't researched it. This is uh, here off the cuff. In a park with screaming children behind us and playing around and everything. It was a beautiful day in Tampa and a great day to do some uh, off-the-cuff research. Right, and we haven't got to do this in a while. So so that is a well, I guess you know, as long yeah, as been. Uh, bottom line is I would do it again. You know, if I had a reason to get around downtown Tampa, I wouldn't hesitate now that I have the app downloaded. I wouldn't hesitate to jump on one and, and you know, park on this side and ride to the lightning game on the yeah. other side of town. Okay. Oh, if I didn't have my bike with me and I had somewhere to go, say I was at work and I needed to go to um, like a bar luncheon or something, that's about a mile or two away, I'd hop on a bike before I grab my car and try to negotiate patching. So absolutely, so that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good assessment, I think. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. You can catch us on whatever podcast app you like to use, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Apple Podcasts, and the like. Um, if you have any comments about rentals in your area, let us know, because I'd be curious to see what other companies are out there. I know we have a bunch of other companies in Tampa uh, that aren't, aren't renting bikes yet, but we've got scooters all over the place. Razor, um, what are the silver ones? Bird? Bird. Bird. Yeah, you know, so I think it's only a matter of time that, that they have more bikes here. So what do you think? Have you had the same kind of experience that we have? Do you have a far worse experience that you'd like to share with our listeners? Let us know and, and we'll pass it on. Um, in the meantime, I guess that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast and stay tuned for the next episode of Electric Quake Radio. I say you just publish it the way it is. We'll be right back.